Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. Hello, we are back together around the holidays doing a little, actually, it's not a super exciting holiday topic, but it's important. Yes, it's very important. Today, we are actually talking about grief. So we are a few weeks out from the holidays, and we wanted to be sensitive with this topic because we obviously understand that people are grieving, and this is a hard season for a lot of reasons, just if you are someone walking through grief or walking alongside someone who's grieving. So for this topic, we actually brought on Shelly Mayer. So welcome. Hi, Shelly. Hi, ladies. Welcome to our pod. Okay, Actually, we say this a lot. This is our podcasting studio. We're joking usually because we're like on the floor at my house or somewhere random. But now we're recording in Christian's office, which is also your office. You guys share an office. Yeah, we're office mates, everyone. Yes. So I should say welcome my office mate, Shelly Mayer. (laughs) And we are in our office. Do you guys have any like office quirks? Have you guys ever gotten into any like like bickers about the heat or like? No. No. Oh, that's good. I mean, we don't work in here a ton together. That's true. I feel like we kind of... I mean, there are certain days, but not That's a ton. True. Mm-hmm. That's true. But know. when we are in here together, it's amazing. Yeah. Aww. We were talking about our love We're for Freddy's. We mates. love Freddy's. And I don't know. What else? <laughs> we did a big office reno, which is a big deal for us because we used to have this big counter. It was really ugly. Really? And now we have these desks. Wow. Oh, yeah. Our office looks different now. Okay. But Christian made all the decisions because she's young and cool and has great taste. There no, we go. no. <laughs> Shelly said, I don't care. And I said, okay, well, then I well, do I care. Well, I do. <laughs> Well, Shelly, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Everyone knows you work here at The Crossing with us. Tell everyone what you do, who you are. So, yeah, I'm the care ministry director here at The Crossing. I've been doing that well over 10 years. The care ministry has really grown. Initially, it was just a handful of teams that mostly offered practical help when people were in crisis or dealing with hard things. Over the years, we've added several care ministries to help people in hard times, particularly things that are more common, hard seasons. I'm thinking primarily about our grief ministry. We have a ministry to women who either struggle to get pregnant or stay pregnant or who have lost a child shortly after birth. We have a ministry for folks going through divorce. So those kinds of big losses where you just really need somebody to walk with you the first season who kind of knows what you're going through. So that's kind of what I do. And tell us a little bit about your family. My family. Well, I've been through divorce, so I have a blended family. And I like to tell people we have somewhere in the realm of five to ten kids. It depends on how you count. (laughs) That's funny. I have four kiddos that I birthed myself. My oldest is 31, and we have a 15-year-old at the house still. So most of our kids are grown and out of the house, and three of them are married. And then we have a couple other kiddos that don't belong to either of us, but we claim them too. So Yeah, the fact that you have a 31-year-old and a 15-year-old, you're like really just experiencing it all. Like you've oh. parented in a lot of different contexts. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. I'm like, yeah. you should come do more for wisdom because you've really <laughs> yeah. seen it all, I'm sure, over the years. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Actually, I've, I often tell people, 
have your babies early or have them late, but don't do it both ways. That's funny. <laughs> like I did. There you like go. Like I did. No, that's awesome. Well, yeah, Shelly mentioned her husband, Warren, also works here at our church. And they are just, I'm honored to sit with you today because, like we said, we share an office. So I do get to hear some of the you know conversations or things you're working on often with people or just like throughout your week. And I am constantly amazed by how you are someone who walks alongside someone in grief so well and so graciously and so lovingly, but also just filling them with truth and filling them with encouragement. But then also at the same time, you can, you know, show them and share with them hope and joy in a season of great loss and great pain. So I'm honored to like sit here with you today because I think I've seen you personally do that really well. And so I'm excited to like learn from you, but also just be able to have a conversation of how do we do that, especially around the holidays. So with that said, though, you know, we were talking about a little bit about this before, but like, why do you think particularly around the holiday season is grief so much harder? Or what do you see is so common in that? Well, I think... And, you know, Sam, you said some really wise things, too. So you should probably hop in here at some point. I was and just repeat guessing. Those, but. Shelley asked that question back. Like, we had to kind of think through, like, why we thought it was hard. And I just said, like, maybe the memories that you are experiencing. A lot of families have certain traditions or you even maybe only, like, see certain family members around the holidays. So then when those times come up, you're – if you have lost someone close to you or if you're walking through something that you're grieving – It's just kind of magnified. Or I'm just thinking about this now, too, and you can answer yes or no on this. I feel like culturally there's this expectation that it be this really, like, joyful, exciting, fun time of year. Everything's magical. And if you're walking through something hard, that's almost, like, really opposite. Put salt in the wound a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Is Mm -hmm. that right? No, I think it is right. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody wants to have that Hallmark holiday and very few of us really have it. Yeah. You know, we have the family issues that crop up that kind of make you feel like you're the only person who struggles with those things. But particularly if you've gone through a loss, if you've gone through divorce or you're trying to have a child and you're, it's just not happening, or if you've lost someone close to you, the holidays can feel like a particularly poignant time because you feel more isolated, more alone, more like I'm the only person who's who's dealing with these things. Mm-hmm. And specific, I think, to death or divorce, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned one of the things about holidays is that we have these traditions, right? Mm-hmm. So like at our house, the weekend after Thanksgiving, we always put up the Christmas tree. Yeah. And we always have pizza or chili. Depending on if I have time to I was going to say, what decides if it's a pizza or chili year? If mom has time to make it. How stressed and overwhelmed Shelly's been at work? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's always, it's a fun meal. Everybody gets together. We always play the Elf soundtrack. Oh, fun. That's amazing. And so it's always the same, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, but when you lose somebody and you've got a tradition like that, and now you're trying to put the tree up and someone's not there, or if it's the end of a marriage and now you've got just a breaking of all kinds of traditions, it can be really, really painful. And it's easy to focus on all of those things that you no longer have. Mm -hmm. 
So talking about all of that, when you are working with people or just kind of sitting with people walking through these things around the holidays, and I know you guys actually did kind of like a, you have a little class like surviving the holidays where people can kind of join together and talk through things. What are some of the things that you share in a class like that? Or what would you, if you're sitting across having coffee with a friend who's walking through that, what what are some practical things that you kind of advise people to do? Yeah. So we offer surviving the holidays specific There are two different ones that we run, actually, but one is for people specifically going through divorce, and then the other is for people who have lost someone close to them. And so some of the things are different depending on which one you're in, but I think the similar things are that it's okay for you to say no to some of those holiday invitations. If you don't feel like going to something, it's okay to not do those things. I think it's good, no matter what you're going through, I think it's good for you to have a plan for those days. So if you're suffering from a loss and you know that this Christmas is going to look really different, plan for that. Mm -hmm. Think about the kinds of things that might be helpful to you and plan to do those things. So for instance, if, if someone's lost a parent, let's say, And so you know you're not going to spend Christmas with mom and dad. Mm -hmm. You've only got dad. There may be some traditions that would really be healing and helpful for you and your dad to go through. Mm -hmm. There might be other things that would just be really too painful to experience. And so make plans Mm -hmm. to do something different Mm -hmm. than those few things. That's good. Does yeah, that, that is sense? good. Yeah. Would you encourage that person to like talk to their close community about what those plans are and like share like this is what I'm planning on doing so they can like support in that? Or like what does that look like? Like after I make a plan, if I'm that grieving person, like what do I do with that? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I would – again, it depends on the loss. So if we stick with our example and you've lost a parent, mm-hmm. I would talk to the surviving parent. Mm-hmm. If you're married, obviously you want to share that with your spouse and close friends and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think that's good for the people closest to you to be able to support you in that. You may find that if you've lost a parent, you're actually in the role of supporting your mom or dad who's still here. Mm -hmm. And so it may feel like you don't have space to grieve yourself. Mm -hmm. So another thing I would really suggest to anyone who's going through a loss is to go ahead and slow down. Mm -hmm. Slow your life down and give yourself space to just be sad Mm -hmm. and to really feel that grief, to to sit in it, if you will. I know that sounds kind of goofy, but but honestly, I think one of the things that's hardest for people who are really suffering deep losses is that other people around them, they're often afraid to talk about it. And so they ignore it or try to keep that person busy. And sometimes that's the exact opposite thing that they need. They need extra time Mm -hmm. to just kind of be okay being sad and think about that loss and to experience those emotions. It's a common mistake, I would say, Mm -hmm. that when we're feeling really intense emotions, they feel uncomfortable. And so we can keep ourselves busy Mm -hmm. so that we don't feel those things Mm -hmm. when the best thing for us is to slow down and just let us feel those things. 
I could be really going out on a limb, so correct me on this, but would you say that a lot of people, I know everyone, people grieve things differently, but would you say a lot of people don't properly grieve loss or do you think that we all kind of work ourselves, whether it's right away, years down the road into that? I just feel like maybe from personal experience or people close to me, I can see where a lot of people really want to just avoid the pain, not feel uncomfortable. So maybe they fill their life with busyness or just kind of shove things down. And then it always eventually, at least in my experience with people close to me, comes out in other ways. Maybe that's years down the road. Do you think that people just like we're not really taught how to grieve or we just like, I don't know, what is that? Like we're not comfortable experiencing pain and hard emotions. Yeah. What do you see in that? I think you're exactly right. I think there are two mistakes we can make. We can we can get bound up in grief and sit and isolate and become depressed and not seek help and not heal in that way. But the far more common, I think, mistake is to not grieve long enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do think it's because people are uncomfortable in those emotions because they're not great emotions. Yeah. And oftentimes the people around us are really uncomfortable. Yeah. In the divorce recovery class that we lead, we often say that, you know, your family is, for a lot of people, a great support. But when you're going through divorce, it's not always the place you want to go to for support because those folks, they love you so much, and it's hard for them to see you hurting. Mm -hmm. So they really want you to get over this thing Mm -hmm. and move on and be happy. And as the mother of many adult kids, I get that. But really, it's important to spend that time in any significant loss. Really spend that time letting yourself feel those feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that's the common mistake we make. And you're right. If you don't, if you don't process that loss and go through that grief, it will come out in other ways someday. Hmm. So kind of talking about support. If we have a friend, I actually have at this stage in our, you know, mid-20s, I have multiple friends who have lost parents even recently in the last few years. And I do. I've experienced loss of, you know, with pregnancy and just other things I've had to grieve, maybe not a physical-like person in my life, but things like that. So I always enjoyed when people or still enjoy when people bring that up, not in a, like, annoying way, but, you know, make notice of that or want to like remember those dates and things like that. And so I try to, you know, if I know it's their dad's birthday or the anniversary of their death, like I tried to not just avoid that. But is that right? Like how do we as friends kind of support them or show them love? No, I think that's great. I think, you know, right after death, people have lots of support for several weeks they have meals and people checking on them and you're thinking to text people some. send yeah. cards and they but after a, 3 months down the road people aren't doing that generally speaking mm-hmm. and i've had people say to me before i don't know how i don't know what to say to this person because they don't want to make them cry and the truth is those tears are not always bad things yeah. mm-hmm. it's helping them maybe mm-hmm. it's process. helping them healing. and you've if by asking about a loss, by inviting them to talk to you about it, even if they cry, you're inviting them to let you in on something that they're feeling anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. That's so good. Well, and I think what I hear from you too, when you're talking about grief, that there's kind of this like pendulum of it too. Like it can go, grief can be hard because it can sink into isolation or depression, which obviously isn't good, but then can also go too fast and someone just avoids it. So like if we're walking alongside someone who is grieving, like how do we help them not, I guess, do one of those extremes or like, what does that look like? Do you think? Oh, that's such a good question. Well, I think I think as Samantha said, you know, you just want to you want to be inviting them to talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. And you can do that in small ways. Mm-hmm. For instance, when you spend time with them instead of saying something like, "How are you doing?" you might say, "What's the hardest thing you've been dealing with lately?" Or if if they seem sad to you, just acknowledge that. You seem sad to me. You want to share with me what's what's been hard for you today or what's on your mind? You know, that kind of thing where you can just encourage them to open up. And if they don't want to talk, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But they need to talk about it. I would also say that if it's a major loss, mm-hmm. then people need to find some sort of help. Mm-hmm. It's why we have we have grief share we have divorce care. Mm-hmm. We have these ministries where people can go and talk about their loss with other people who are going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really healing for them. Mm-hmm. And we have curriculums for these different classes, but mm-hmm. what they pick up in the several weeks that they're in those groups is not what we're teaching them, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It's the connections they're making with other people it's the stories that they're hearing from other people and the stories they're being allowed to share about their own loss that's the most healing. Yeah, I'm sure it makes them feel like, okay, I'm not the only one walking through this devastating thing when you can feel like that when all of your friends and people kind of the world keep spinning for them, but you're still sitting in that. So, And I love those questions because I think beyond someone walking through grief, I mean, any friend in our life or any person we want to be intentional with, I mean, to sit and say like, Instead of just like, hey, how are you? Good. And everyone just kind of moves on. It's like, what's something hard you've been dealing with? Or like someone one time asked me, like, what's it like to be you? Like, what's it feel like to be you in an average day or with like what you're walking through right now? And I'm like, that is such a good question because you can't really get out of answering that honestly. Yeah. It's like, how are you doing good? Well, we're all kind of flying in a sense with that. But I think that is such a good question to just like for everyone to take and carry into relationships because it goes into deeper conversation. Yeah. And I think what I'm hearing from you, Shelly, too, is like there's a lot of hope and love and just care for someone and creating their grief to be a shared experience that like even if it wasn't my loss or even if it wasn't my like current pain that I'm feeling, this is a person I care about and I love. And so I want them to feel loved and known by me. And so I think anyone, we all crave community. We all crave connection. And in any grief, you've lost some sense of any connection, if that's a, you know, a death or, you know, a desire that you want that you don't have. And so I think as much as we can making that person feel known and loved by us and just cared for in our words and our actions. Yeah, I would say that's for sure. That's for sure true. And you don't have to have experienced the exact thing that they've gone through to be able to empathize with them. You know, just sitting with them in their sadness, acknowledging their sadness, I think it's even okay and really helpful if if you can say, I know that I have no idea what you're feeling, but I'm just so 
I'm just sad with you. Mm -hmm. I'm just really sorry that you're having to go through this mm -hmm. and mean it mm -hmm. and let them cry. Mm -hmm. Hold their hand, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. That's so good. To finish this out a little bit, Shelly, what would you say to the person? Because I think I'm thinking of people, you know, personally, like in my immediate circle, but then even just like kind of acquaintance people I know as well. What would you say to someone who, you know, so therefore we're like, we all have people who we know are grieving in some way. What would you say to the person who said like, well, I've tried to help support them. I've tried to help love them, but they just don't like take it well from mm, that, me. Yeah, that's a good or question. Or they don't, they don't respond to what I'm or saying. They don't want or it. they don't Talk want it. it. Yeah. yeah. What would you say to that? Because like with everything you're saying, I'm hearing no, like continue to ask, continue to show up, continue to. But like, what do you say to the person who's like, no, I've done that and it doesn't help? I'd say keep doing it. Yeah. Just find little ways. I mean, you can send. Not everybody likes to talk to other people about their losses. Maybe they don't like to cry in front of people and that's OK. You can send a card that they can read and they can feel however they're going to feel when they read it and they don't have to look you in the eye, mm -hmm. and you're still communicating care. Mm -hmm. Or you can, send, you can send flowers on the anniversary date of a loss. And again, they can receive that, they can feel what they're gonna feel, and maybe not feel quite so vulnerable. Yeah. You know, so there are lots of ways, I think, that we can communicate care, even for somebody who's a little reticent mm -hmm. to receive it. But I think if, honestly, I think if that person two or three years down the road were to be asked what was most helpful, they would probably say the people who loved me who kept showing up, even when I was a grouch. Well, I think that's good. And I think even to wrap it up a little bit more, I think I hear a lot in our age group and our generation, like when we do know someone, maybe it's a friend of a friend who's lost someone. I hear so many people say, well, I haven't texted or said anything because I just like, I just don't know what to say. And like we were kind of talking about that. It's like, I think the worst thing you can do is to not say anything. It's that's like, right. you're not going to like, unless you're just being really socially, mm -hmm. I don't know, well, dumb, anti, you're not going to yeah. say anything crazy, mm -hmm. like to upset them. They want to know that people are thinking about them mm -hmm. and I think it's always better to just like say and I think at the end of the day when you're I can only speak personally I think when I make that comment like well I've not texted because I don't want to make them feel bad or I don't I don't want it to be awkward or I don't know if they want that essentially I'm really making it about myself because I'm actually like I'm the one avoiding the conflict or I'm avoiding the awkward scenario when like Again, me texting them has nothing to do with me. It may, right. It's all about them and them feeling cared for and loved by me. And so I think that's something just to reflect on a little bit too. Like, you know, are we avoiding those maybe possible like quote unquote awkward encounters or conversations or whatever because really just like what we want or don't want to experience selfishly and not really honestly thinking about the other person and what they may need. And, how and by not help. acknowledging what they're going through, we are, even without words, we're encouraging them to move past it maybe more quickly than is healthy. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Well, this has been really good. I can't say it's been our most uplifting yeah. conversation, <laughs> but it is because I know personally. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. <laughs> I feel like me personally, like when I've walked through grief, I was very like open. I was open about my grief. Like I wanted to talk about loss with people. I wanted to sit with friends and cry. And honestly, the more I did that, I would immediately feel like that's when I was able to feel 
like God's presence more openly. That's when I was able to have friends step into my life and show support in ways that honestly, I'm even looking at Christian, like bonds us, you know, like it just provides so many more opportunities to be able to kind of not move past it in a negative way, but to fully go through the grieving process and come out on the other end. And yeah, there's still days I think about it and get sad, but it's not something that, you know, consumes my life because I dealt with it and I was able to really process it. So whether you're the friend walking through with another friend, their grief, or if you're personally walking through something, we hope this has been helpful. Yeah. And where can people reach out if they are going through something and need to have a supportive community? Oh, I love it when people do that. Yeah. I would love to help people find the right resources or the right group or whatever to help. So they can email, they can get a hold of me at careministry at thecrossingchurch.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guys, and we'll put that in our notes as well, just so you guys can be able to reach out. Because like I said, there's tons of resources and Shelly is really good at hooking people up with the appropriate place and people to help them walk through that. So yeah. even if you don't live in Columbia, I know it's like nationwide, there are groups for us to help you get connected with. So yeah, absolutely. And we've been talking mostly about large griefs today, but there are a lot of small losses that can add up to be a situation where somebody's feeling depressed in the holidays and and needs to deal with that too. So that's a good reminder. That's a whole different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you you so much, Shelly. This has been really good. So well, thanks. Yeah, We appreciate your time. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon.